Hi, welcome back to Idgits and Aspects, a supernatural podcast. I'm Lynn. And I'm Rochelle. And okay, we got an email that was just lovely. And so we need to give a shout out to Roy from Norway because he's awesome. And he, you know, he, he's just so sweet. It was a very sweet email. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were very pleased. So thank you, Roy, for that wonderful email. We're glad and that you listen. Yeah. <laughs> Yay, Norway. Yay, Norway. Yay, Roy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so today we're talking about season five, episode 14, called My Bloody Valentine. We start out at night. A young man walks a young woman home. They stop outside her place and laugh. He says, first date. She says, I had a really good time tonight, Russell. He says, Alice, can I see you again? Sunday, maybe? I just don't want to be alone on Valentine's Day again. Alice says, I know what you mean. He leans in and kisses her once. Then they start smooching until she pushes him away and says, I'm sorry. I just don't want you to think I'm the type of person who... Russell says, no, I should apologize. But then she starts kissing him again. Like going after him, full on mauling him. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, Then they're inside making out uh, in the kitchen against the refrigerator. He takes both of their shirts off and says, oh, God, I respect the crap out of you right now. (laughs) Like, what? (laughs) I love it. I love it. Just respect the crap out of you right now. I respect the crap out of you. (laughs) (laughs) No one's ever said that to me, and I'm a little disappointed. Yeah, I've not. I've I've never had anybody say that to me either. (laughs) Rochelle? What? I respect the crap out of you. (laughs) Guess what? I respect the crap out of you too. Yes. Finally. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So she says, shut up. And then she takes a bite out of his neck. He acts like it hurts. She says, your neck. I think I bit you. (laughs) I think I just took a whole chunk of you. That's not even, I think I bit you. It's like, I totally took a chunk out of you. (laughs) Yeah, she's, I mean, not she, but he's bleeding and she has blood on her mouth. Yeah, and she like chewing bits. Yeah, yeah, she's chewed a bit. She chewed a bit off. (laughs) (laughs) He says, it's okay, it's good. So she goes back to his neck and keeps biting. He takes a bite out of her arm. She says, I've been so alone, so empty. Russell says, I know, me too. Alice says, I want you, Russell, all of you, inside me. He says, yes. <laughs> I mean, there's two ways that that could be taken. I know, exactly. He goes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so what is he yesing at? That's the real question. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> so then she takes a huge chunk out of his neck. He chuckles, and then they start eating each other. Blood is flying everywhere. It's so gross. Also, ow. You oh, know, my God, like- it would hurt. Yeah. You're literally just like getting eaten alive. Like that seems like a horrible way to end things. Yeah. Yes. 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 Like horrible. Especially if you were anticipating the night going in a little bit different of a direction. Different type of inside. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, okay. So we get our opening title sequence. So we cut to Sam in a suit inside Alice's apartment. Sam says, "So you were the one who found the bodies." A young woman says, "There was blood everywhere." And other stuff. I think Alice was already dead. Sam says, but Russell wasn't. She says, I think he was mostly, except he was still sort of chewing a little. Oh God, that's so awful. That's disgusting. Like you see somebody who's clearly been like 
eaten alive, like literally eaten alive, and then they're just sitting there dying and chewing. <laughs> like, yeah. Ugh. Oh, I would never, like, I would never be able to forget that. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> so gross. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so nasty. Sam, Sam says, oh, okay. She says, how do two people even do that? Eat each other to death. Sam says, that's a really good question. Now, the last few days, did you notice her acting erratically? I mean, did she seem unusually hostile, aggressive? She says, no way. Alice never drank, never even swore. She was a nice girl. And I'm talking like a nice girl. Like she still had her promise ring, if you know what I mean. Sam says, she was a virgin? She says, no premarital. I used to wonder how she did it. I mean, you know, did, didn't do it. <laughs> it, was, it was her first date in months. She was so excited. Sam says, apparently they were both pretty excited. <laughs> yep so we cut to dean alone in their motel room sam walks in with takeout dean says how to go sam says no emf no sulfur ghost possession and demonic possession are both probably out dean says hmm that's where i was putting my money sam says nope dean says well what then oh dude at the coroner's you didn't see these bodies i mean these two started eating and they just kept going I mean, their stomachs were full, like Thanksgiving dinner full. Talk about codependent. Ugh, like, Ugh. imagine having a stomach, like, distended and full of people. Yeah. Whole. <laughs> <laughs> it's not okay. It's None not of okay. it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sam says, well, I mean, we got our feelers out. Not much more we can do tonight. All right, I'm just going to go through some files. You can go ahead and get going. Dean says, sorry. Sam says, go ahead. Unleash the Kraken. <laughs> See you tomorrow morning. Yeah. Dean looks. Dean Free looks the host. <laughs> that's what, that's immediately the what goes. <laughs> Unleash the kraken. Free the host. Free the host. Uh oh, is that our new like motto? <laughs> I feel like I need a shirt that says that. I would wear a shirt that says "Free the host." I'd have to be careful who I wore it around. <laughs> oh, but, I love it. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be a great thing to wear to like a convention. Oh, yeah, it would be. We should do it. We should. Well, first, we need to get, like, some sort of shirt that actually fits us that says agents and ass butts. Because we did get the one, like, we ordered some shirts that, and they screwed us over. And so Yeah, they're, they're like, supposed to be women's sizes, but they came in man sizes, or unisex sizes anyway, so they yeah, were way too big. Yeah. They're huge. They didn't work. So yeah. mine's now a sleeping shirt. <laughs> yeah, and, and Eric has mine. Yeah. Because it fits Eric just fine. It's a little big for Eric even, but. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Free the hose. <laughs> <laughs> Dean looks confused. He says, where am I going? Sam says, Dean, it's Valentine's day. Your favorite holiday. Remember? I mean, what do you always call it? Unattached drifter Christmas? <laughs> Dean says, oh yeah, well be that as it may. I don't know. guess I'm not feeling it this year. Sam says, so you're not into bars full of lonely women. Dean opens a beer and says, nah, I guess not. What? Sam says, it's when a dog doesn't eat. That's when you know something's really wrong. <laughs> uh. I mean, <laughs> he's not wrong. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And Sam's all like totally somber when he says it. Yeah. It's great. It's great. <laughs> Dean says, remarkably patronizing concern, duly noted. Nothing's wrong. We're going we to work or what? So we cut to an office. Two dudes are sitting by each other in chairs. One says, no me gusta. Have you gone poofing? Uh, that's not what he says. Have you gone poofing? Have you gone poofing? 
what does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> Have you gone poofing? <laughs> that sounds like it could either be really dirty or like, I don't know. Like some, I've heard people say like, ooh, I poofed instead of like, ooh, I like tooted or, you know, oh. gas, gas, or whatever. Like, I <laughs> We're going to go poofing. <laughs> I'm going to call tooting poofing from now on. <laughs> You've never heard that? No, I haven't. Oh, geez. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. I like poofed. it a lot. <laughs> okay, so uh, one says, have you been proofing this thing, Jimbo? Jimbo <laughs> is looking very intently at his phone. He says, sorry. The other guy named Brad says, tell me you are not checking your cell phone again. Man, she's got you on a leash. Jimbo says, I'm not on a leash, Brad. She just wants to know where I am. Brad says, she just wants to know that you're whipped. Jim says, it's not like that. Brad says, it's like, whoops. <laughs> Jim says, Brad, give me two minutes. Brad says, no, man, no, I'm in the, pro I'm the no, man. <laughs> I'm the project leader on this thing, and I'm not going to half-ass it just because my wingman has gone mental over some chick he met like a week ago. Just then, Jim's girlfriend is there, holding a bag, looking distressed. She says, Jim? Brad says, holy crap. The girlfriend says, where were you? Jim says, I know. It's just that I had to. His girlfriend says, you can't choose work over me, Jim. Jim says, I won't, Janice. I'm sorry. Brad says, whoa, whoa, whoa. Jimbo, do respect, but honestly, bro, whoops. <laughs> uh, Janice pulls out a gun and shoots Brad. <laughs> I love that scene because she like pulls out this gun from nowhere and she just like shoots him without even looking at him. Like, stop talking now. She's okay. like, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> You're done. <laughs> yep. Janice says, what are we going to do, Jimmy? Jimmy says, I don't know, baby. seems like whatever we do, something in life is always going to keep us apart. Work, family, sleep. <laughs> Jenna says now prison maybe Jim says maybe but I think I have an idea how, how we can stay together forever she holds up the gun and puts it to her own head Jim nods then from outside the office building we hear two gunshots so we cut to the hospital Sam and Dean are walking down a hallway a man walks past them and Sam stares at him as he walks by Dean says you okay Sam says yeah I'm fine they walk into the morgue, and the mortician says to Dean, Agent Marley, you just can't stay away. Dean says, heard you tagged another double suicide. The mortician says, well, I just finished closing them up. Dean says, Dr. Corman, this is my partner, Special Agent Cliff. They shake hands. Dr. Corman says, I finished my prelims. I pulled the organ sets and sent off the tox samples. Sam says, great. You mind if we take a look at the bodies? Dr. Corman says, not at all, but like I said, their good and plenties are already Tupperwared. <laughs> I love that. Like, <laughs> they're giblets. They're, you know, yep. they're bits. <laughs> All their bits are in Tupperware. So he opens up a fridge and we see organs and fluid inside. Um, he, Dr. Corman says, leave the keys with Marty up front and please, gentlemen, refrigerate after opening. So we cut to Sam and Dean checking out the organs. Dean says, hey, and shows Sam one of the hearts. Dean says, be my Valentine. <laughs> Sam just sighs. Dean <laughs> smiles. Then Sam says, whoa, whoa, wait a second. He looks at both of the hearts and says, these hearts both have identical marks. Check this out. It looks like some kind of letter. Oh, no. I think it's Enochian. Dean says, you mean like angel scratches? So you think it's like the tagging on our ribs? Sam says, Dean, I don't know. Dean says, ah, hell, and gets out a cell phone. 
He says into it, Cass, it's Dean. Yeah, room 31C, basement level, St. James Medical Center. Suddenly, Cass is right in front of Dean. Cass says like, into Like, uncomfortably his, close. <laughs> they're, yeah, they're like nose to nose. <laughs> He's like, hello. <laughs> Cass says into his phone, I'm there now. Dean says, yeah, I get that. Cass says, I'm going to hang up now. <laughs> Dean says, right. So we cut to Cass looking at the letter on the hearts. He says, you're right, Sam. These are angelic marks. I imagine you'll find similar marks on the other couple's hearts as well. Sam says, so what are they? I mean, what do they mean? Cass says, it's a mark of union. This man and woman were intended to mate. Dean says, okay, but who put them there? Cass says, well, your people call them Cupid. Sam says, a what? Cass says, what human myth has mistaken for Cupid is actually a lower order of angel. Technically, it's a cherub, third class. They're all over the world. There are dozens of them. Dean says, you mean the little flying fat kid in diapers? <laughs> Cass says, they're not incontinent. They <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't pee their pants. <laughs> yeah. Sam says, so what you're saying, Cass says, what I'm saying is that a Cupid has gone rogue and we have to stop him before he kills again. Sam says, naturally. Dean says, of course we do. So we cut to a bar. Cass, Sam, and Dean are sitting at a table. A waitress brings them their food. After she leaves, Dean says, so what? You just happen to know what? So what? You just happen to know he likes the cosmos of this place? Cass says, this place is a nexus of human reproduction. It's exactly the kind of garden the Cupid will come to pollinate. Well, Cass is talking. <laughs> it just sounds so strange. It does sound strange. <laughs> Pollinating all over the place, eh? <laughs> uh, gross. <laughs> so much pollination. <laughs> that sounds messy. It sounds really messy. <laughs> and like sticky. <laughs> uh, okay. Yep. <laughs> so while Cass is talking, he seems very interested in Dean's burger. Dean gets ready to take a bite, then changes his mind and pushes the plate away. Sam says, wait a minute, you're not hungry? Dean says, no. What? I'm just not hungry. Cass says, then you're not going to finish that? Cass grabs the burger and almost takes a bite, but then he says, he's here. Sam says, where? I don't see anything. A breeze starts to blow, and a napkin blows onto a man's face. When the man takes it off, um, he and the woman next to him start making out. Cass says, there. Dean says, you mean the same side of the booth couple over there? Cass says, meet me in the back. And then he disappears. So <laughs> he just leaves. He, he just like poofs away. Oh, wait, <laughs> we're not saying that. <laughs> he poofed. Cass just poofs. <laughs> <laughs> all, I'm seeing, all I'm picturing is like, you know, him like floating through the air with like little clouds behind him. Out of him. <laughs> Jet fuel. <laughs> oh no. Rocket power. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it. Oh, no. Okay. I love it. So we cut to a back room. Cass is standing alone with his hand stretched out in front of him. Sam says, Cass, where is he? Cass says, I have him tethered. He speaks in another language and then says, manifest yourself. They all look around and Dean says, so where is he? Just then, a naked man picks up Dean from behind and says, here I am. The Cupid laughs, and Dean says, help. The Cupid says, oh, help is on the way. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. He lets go of Dean and then goes over to Cass and says, hello, you. Then he hugs Cass and picks him up. Dean says, this is Cupid? Cass says, yes. The Cupid lets go of Cass and says to Sam, look at you, huh? Sa Sam. I almost called him Sass. Sassy. Sassy. Sassy Sammy. Sam says, no. 
The Cupid says, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Sam turns around to run, but the Cupid teleports to in front of him. He hugs Sam. Naked struggle cuddles. <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst. Ew. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> Dean says, is this a fight? Are we in a fight? Cass says, this is their handshake. <laughs> Dean says, I don't like it. Cass says, no one likes it. <laughs> the Cupid finally lets go of Sam and says, what can I do for you? Cass says, why are you doing this? The Cupid says, doing what? Cass says, your targets, the ones you've marked. They're slaughtering each other. The Cupid says, what? They are? Dean says, listen, birthday suit, we know, okay? We know you've been flitting around, popping people with your poison arrows, making them murder each other. Cass says, what we don't know is why. The Cupid says, you think that I... Well, I don't know what to say. And then he walks a short distance away and starts to cry with his back to them. Sam says, what? I know, Sam says, should somebody maybe go talk to him? Dean says, yeah, that's a good idea. Give him hell, Cass. Cass <laughs> goes over to the Cupid and says, um, look, we didn't mean to um, hurt your feelings. The Cupid turns around and pulls Cass into another hug. <laughs> the Cupid says, love is more than a word to me, you know. I love love. I love it. And if that's wrong, then I don't want to be right. <laughs> Cass says, yes, yes, of course. I have no idea what you're saying. The Cupid says, I was just on my appointed rounds. Whatever my targets do after that, that's nothing to do with me. I was following my orders. Please, brother, read my mind. Read my mind and you'll see. So they do some prolonged eye contact. <laughs> and Cass says. <laughs> Awkward stares. <laughs> yeah, they, they really stare at each other for a long time. <laughs> Cass says, he's telling the truth. The Cupid says, Jiminy Christmas, thank you. Dean says, wait, you said you were just following orders? Whose orders? The Cupid laughs and says, heaven, silly, heaven. Dean says, why does heaven care if Harry, why does heaven care if Harry meets Sally? The Cupid says, oh, mostly they don't. You know, certain bloodlines, certain destinies. Well, like yours. Yeah, the union of Mary and John Winchester. Very big deal upstairs. Top priority arrangement. Dean says, are you saying that you fixed up our parents? The Cupid says, well, not me, but yeah. Well, it wasn't easy either. Ooh, they couldn't stand each other at first. But when we were done with them, perfect couple. Dean says, perfect. They're dead. The Cupid says, I'm sorry, but the orders were very clear. You and Sam needed to be born. Your parents were just uh, meant to be. A match made in heaven. He starts to sing. Dean tries to punch him in the face. Nothing happens except that he really hurts his hand. <laughs> it sounds like he hit, like, like he punched, like, concrete or something. Yeah, too, yeah, you yeah. Know? Like, it you made can that tell thunk. it's just like, thunk. Like, yeah. oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Dean says, son of a bitch. And then the Cupid vanishes. Dean says, where is he? Where'd he go? Cass says, I believe you upset him. Dean says, upset him? Sam says, Dean, enough. Dean says, what? Sam says, you just punched a Cupid. <laughs> Dean says, I punched a dick. <laughs> Sam says. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I'm incapable of being an adult today, apparently. <laughs> that is okay. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, man. <laughs> Sam says, are you going to, Sam says, are we going to talk about what's been up with you lately or not? Dean says, or not, and walks away. So we cut back to the morgue. Dr. Corman says to Sam, you said you wanted to hear about 
uh, any other weird ones. He goes over to a covered body on a table and pulls back the cloth. There's a man lying there with a large bump in the stomach area. He's <laughs> Doc- a little distended. <laughs> yeah. He ate just a little too much. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Corman says, Lester Finch pulled his records. Looks like this gentleman used to weigh 400 pounds or so until he got a gastric bypass, which brought down his weight considerably. But then for some reason, last night, he decided to go on a Twinkie binge. Sam says, so he died from a Twinkie binge? Dr. Corman says, well, after he blew out the band around his stomach, he filled it up till it burst. When he could no longer swallow, he started jamming the cakes down his gullet with a toilet brush, like he, well, was, ram- like he was ramrodding a cannon. That's, d- okay, not gonna lie, I, like, kind of giggled a little bit. It's like, I just see this, like, in my mind, I see this guy just, like, shoving Twinkies down, but, like, it's disturbing, but also, like... <laughs> Like he's ramrodding a cannon. I'm just like, huh, I'm surprised he didn't just spew Twinkie everywhere. <laughs> I know. Oh. Like, and you can see his lips are a little, like, not scabbed over, but like a little bloody from the toilet brush. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. Ugh. I didn't pay attention to that part. I saw that, yeah. And I was just like, Hugh. that's gross. That's so gross. Because I'd have to go down there pretty far to like cram yeah. it in, you know, because like your stomach ends like just above your rib cage. So if you're trying to pack your whole gullet, you know, all the way up to your mouth, basically, like you have to stick that thing like all the way down. Like you got toilet brush in your mouth, bro. It's not good. It's not good. Nothing about it is good. No. Okay. Sam says, so what do you make of it? The doctor says, I'd say that it was a very peculiar thing to do. And then he takes a drink from a flask. (laughs) Outside on the street, Sam calls Dean and says, hey, so this guy was not marked by Cupid, but his death is definitely suspicious. Dean says, yeah, well, I just went through the police blotter and counting him, that's eight suicides since Wednesday and 19 ODs. That's way out of the seasonal batting average. Sam says, yeah, if there's a pattern here, it ain't just love. It's a hell of a lot bigger than we thought. Dean says, yeah, all right, I'll see you in 10. Sam hangs up and then he sees the same man he thought he recognized before coming out of the morgue. Sam follows him and then jumps him in an alleyway. Sam has the demon knife and he pins the man against the wall. He says, I know what you are. And he cuts the man's face with the blade. Sam says, I could smell you. The demon says, Winchester. They fight and the demon drops his briefcase and runs away. Sam looks at the blood on the knife and is tempted, but he hurriedly wipes it off. So we cut to the boys' motel room. They're looking at the closed briefcase. Dean says, what the hell does a demon... Uh, what the hell (laughs) Dean says what the hell does a demon got to do with this thing anyway Sam says believe me I got no idea Dean says you okay Sam says yeah yeah I'll be all right Dean says let's crack her open what's the worst that could happen right they open it up and a bright glowing light shines out of it and then fades away Dean says what the hell was that suddenly Castiel is there he says it's a human soul it's starting to make sense then Cast takes a bite out of a burger Sam says, now what about that makes sense? Dean says, and when did you start eating? (laughs) Cass says, exactly, my hunger. It's a clue, actually. Sam and Dean both say at the same time, for what? Cass says, this town is not suffering from some love gone wrong effect. It's suffering from hunger, starvation, in fact, specifically famine. Sam asks, famine, as in the horseman? Cass nods. Dean says, great, that's freaking great. Sam says, I thought famine meant starvation, like as in, you know, food. Cass says, yes, absolutely, but not just food. I mean, everybody seems to be starving for something. Sex, attention, drugs, love. Dean says, well, that explains the puppy lovers that Cupid shot up. 
Cass says, right, the cherub made them crave love, and then famine came and made them rabid for it. Dean says, okay, but what about you? I mean, since when do angels secretly hunger for White Castle? Cass says, it's my vessel, Jimmy. His appetite for red meat has been touched by famine's effect. Dean says, so famine just rolls into town and everybody goes crazy? Cass recites, and then will come famine. Uh, not the same, right? Let me see. Cass says, and then will come famine riding on a black steed. He will ride into the land of plenty and great will be the horseman's hunger for he is hunger. Then we see some black SUVs roll up to a bigger sins at nighttime. Some demons get out and pull out a wheelchair. One demon carries famine out of the SUV and sets him in the wheelchair. Someone puts an oxygen tube on his face. We hear Cass say, his hunger will seep out and poison the air. Famine and his demon posse roll into Biggerson's. People start stuffing their faces with food. A waitress starts shoving money into her bra. People start making out, and a woman starts chugging prescription pills. One worker shoves his hand into the deep fryer and pulls out french fries to eat. Oh, and his hand is not right. Oh, no. It's all, like, shredded and... It's, like, literally melting off. Yeah. (laughs) Nope. And, like, he goes to, like stick the fries in his mouth and it's like you're gonna eat skin you stop you know like, yeah i know oh. <laughs> it's not so right. gross. <laughs> famine says hungry back with sam and dean Cass says famine's hungry he must devour the souls of his victims dean says so that was so that's what was in the briefcase the twinkie dude's soul Cass nods and says lucifer has sent his demons to care for famine to feed him make certain he'll be ready Sam says, ready for what? Cass says, to march across the land. So we cut back to Biggerson's. Everyone inside is dead except for Famine and his demon posse. The demon that Sam fought with comes in. Um, Famine says, hungry. The demon says, Sam Winchester, the vessel, he's here. Famine says, where? The demon says, at the hospital. We fought, but he got away. I got this off of him. And he pulls out the motel room key. Famine says, good, yes, after lunch. Now where is he? The demon says, now where is it? The demon says, sorry? Famine says, the one who loves cream cake so much. Where is his soul? The demon says, I'm sorry. No, the Winchester took the case from me. He had the knife. I lost it. Famine says, but I'm hungry. The demon says, I'll get another. I won't be 10 minutes. Famine yells, hungry now. And he makes the demon's smoke come out of the demon and into his mouth. He says, ooh, delicious. It's like, he's like throwing a little kid temper tantrum, you know, like yeah, not even but, using full sentences. It's like a straight up toddler meltdown. Like, yeah, I'm hungry like, now. I'm hungry. And it's weird that he, cause he's like clearly this feeble old man who can't walk, you know, or care for himself. But yeah. Yeah. He's super creepy. Yeah. It's, ugh. Uh, yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah. <laughs> so we cut back to Sam and Dean and Castiel. Sam is in the bathroom putting a wet washcloth on his face and neck. Dean says to Cass, famine? Cass says, yes. Sam comes out and says, so what, this whole town is just going to eat, drink, and screw itself to death? Cass, who is still stuffing his face, says, we should stop it. (laughs) Dean says, yeah, that's a great idea. How? Cass says, how did you stop the last horseman you met? Dean says, war got his mojo from this ring, and after we cut it off, he just tucked tail and ran, and everybody that was affected, it was like they woke up out of a dream. You think Famine's got a class ring too? Cass says, I know he does. Dean says, well, okay, let's track him down and get to chopping. Cass, still eating, says, yeah. Dean says, what are you, the Hamburglar? (laughs) Cass says, I've developed a taste for ground beef. 
<laughs> Dean says, well, have you even tried to stop it? Cass says, I'm an angel. I can stop anytime I want. Dean says, whatever. Sam, let's roll. We see Sam still in the bathroom. He's not feeling well. Sam says, Dean, I can't. I can't go. Dean says, what do you mean? Sam says, I think it got to me, Dean. I think I'm hungry for it. Dean says, hungry for what? Sam says, you know. Dean asks. <laughs> okay, anybody else were to say that and they'd, they'd think dirty things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm hungry for it. You know. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know. <laughs> That's right. Dean asks, demon blood? You got to be kidding me. To Cass, Dean says, you got to get him out of here. You got to beat him to like Montana, anywhere but, anywhere but here. Cass says, it won't work. He's already infected. The hunger is just going to travel with him. Dean says, well then, what do we do? Sam says, you go cut that bastard's finger off. To Cass, Dean says, you heard him. Sam says, but Dean, before you go, you better lock me down, but good. So Dean handcuffs Sam to the bathroom sink pipes. Dean says, all right, well, just hang in there. We'll be back as soon as we can. Sam says, be careful and hurry. Dean closes the door and Cass effortlessly pushes a large armoire in front of the, ba in front of the bathroom. <laughs> we cut to Dean and Cass back at the morgue. Dean says to a man, hey, Marty, is Dr. Corbin around? Marty says, haven't you heard? Dean says, heard what? We cut to Marty showing Dean and Cass Dr. Corbin's dead body. Marty says, guy's been dry for the last 20 years, but this morning he left work, went home, and drank himself to death. Cass says, it's famine. Marty says, pardon? Dean says, would you give us a minute, please? So Marty leaves. Dean says, crap, I really kind of like this guy. Cass touches the body and says, they haven't harvested his soul yet. Dean says, well, if we want to play follow the soul to get to famine, our best shot starts with this doc here. We cut to Dean waiting outside the morgue and baby. Suddenly, Cass is in the passenger seat with more White Castle burgers. <laughs> he starts eating. Dean says, seriously? Cass says, these make me very happy. <laughs> Dean says, how many is that? Cass says, I lost count. It's in the low hundreds. Low hundreds. Listen, <clears throat> that's a lot of burgers. <clears throat> that's a <laughs> lot of burgers. <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> okay. Like, oh, how could... Okay. I mean, I get that it's, like, this weird excessive, you know, like, obsessive thing, mm -hmm. but gosh, like, he's literally, I mean, he has to just be flitting around finding burger places. <laughs> the people that are selling them to him at this point are probably like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, for real. Ugh, jeez. Um, Cass says, what I don't understand is, where is your hunger, Dean? Dean says, huh? Cass says, well, slowly but surely, everyone in this town is falling prey to famine, but so far you seem unaffected. Dean says, hey, when I want to drink, I drink. When I want sex, I go get it. Sam goes for, uh, oh, same Sam. Same goes for a sandwich or a fight. Cass says, so you're saying you're just well-adjusted? Dean says, God, no, I'm just well-fed. Then they see a demon come out of the morgue with a briefcase and get into a black SUV, so they follow it. We cut to Sam trying his best to get out of the handcuffs. Then he hears someone in the motel room moving the armoire. Sam yells, guys, guys, what happened? I don't think it worked. I think I'm still. The bathroom door opens and two demons are there. The woman demon says, look at this. Someone trusts you up for us. Boss says we can't kill you, but I bet we can break off a few pieces. The dude demon frees Sam and Sam knocks him down into the shower. Sam tackles the femen, the femen, the femen, <laughs> the femen. 
<laughs> female demon. <laughs> the female demon. That's exactly what I tried to say. Demon. The female. <laughs> Sam tackles the female, stabs her in the neck with some broken glass, and starts drinking her blood. She yells, "Get him off me!" To the other demon. So he tries to hit Sam, but Sam uses his blood drinking powers to slam the dude into the wall. Sam says, "Wait your turn." And it was kind of, like, convincingly creepy, too. I gotta say, like, there's not very many moments in, like, this whole entire show where I think Sam is creepy. Yeah. This one, he did a decent job, you know? Like, I mean, yeah. and not that, I mean, usually Sam's not the one that's supposed to be creepy, right? So. Yeah. There's that, but, like. Yeah, he had this, like, malicious sneer on his face that mm-hmm. was just, it was ugly. It was really good. Yeah, it was. You know? So we cut to Cass and Dean arriving at Biggerson's. They watch the briefcase carrying demon walk past two dudes standing guard at the restaurant door. Dean says, demons, you want to go over the plan again? Hey, happy meal. The plan. Cass says, I take the knife. I go in. I cut off the ring hand of famine. I meet you back here in the parking lot. Dean says, well, that sounds foolproof. Dean looks over at Cass, but he has disappeared. Dean waits one whole minute and then says, this is taking too long. He gets out of the car and creeps into the back door of Biggerson's. He sees a man with his top half in the deep fryer. Oh. Oh. And just boiling away. Like. Yeah. Imagine Although, the smell of that. Not going to lie. Well, it probably just smell like meat cooking. Yeah, it would. But well, also like, yeah. Not going to lie in my morbid curiosity. I was kind of like, so. I wonder what he would look like if he was fried, you know? Yeah. Like, uh-huh. Is he going to look like, because he's not breaded. He's not <laughs> breaded, nope. So is he going to, like, look like his ham when it was all melty? Or, like, would he hold together? Ugh. You know? I have no idea. But like, gross. if you cook him, yeah. would he all hold together or just fall apart? Or just would he, like, yeah. All, I just... <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea the answer to that question. It's pretty gnarly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, um, then he sees Cass on the floor eating raw hamburger. Dean yell whispers, Cass, but he doesn't respond. Then some demons are there and they all fight, but the demons drag Dean to famine, um, who says, the other Mr. Winchester. Dean looks over at Cass and asks, what did you do to him? Famine says, you sicked your dog on me. I just threw a mistake. Dean says, so this is your big trick, making people cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs? Famine says, doesn't take much, hardly a push. Oh, America, all you can eat all the time. Consume, consume, a swarm of locusts and stretch pants. And yet you are still starving because hunger doesn't just come from the body. It also comes from the soul. Dean says, it's funny. It doesn't seem to be coming from mine. Famine says, yes, I noticed that. Have you wondered why that is? How you could even walk in my presence? Dean says, well, I like to think it's because of my strength of character. Famine says, I disagree. He rolls his wheelchair up to Dean and puts a hand on Dean's chest. Famine says, I see. That's one deep, dark nothing you got there, Dean. Can't fill it, can you? Not with food or drink, not even with sex. Dean says, oh, you're so full of crap. Famine says, oh, you can smirk and joke and lie to your brother, lie to yourself, but not to me. I can see inside you, Dean. I can see how broken you are, how defeated. You can't win and you know it, but you just keep fighting. Just keep going through the motions. You're not hungry, Dean, because inside you're already dead. Then Sam is there. He says, let him go. Famine turns around and says, Sam. Dean says, Sammy, no. Some demons approach Sam, but Famine yells, stop. No one lays a finger on this sweet little boy. 
Sam, I see you got the snack I sent you. Sam says, you sent? Famine says, don't worry. You're not like everyone else. You, you'll never die from drinking too much. You're the exception that proves the rule. Just the way Satan wanted you to be. So cut their throats. Have at them. The demons look worried. Dean says, Sammy, no. Famine says, please, be my guest. Sam holds up his hand, and all the demons start to smoke out of their meat suits. Dean is released, and he grabs the demon knife from Cass. To Famine, Sam says, no. Famine says, well, fine. If you don't want them, then I'll have them. He opens his mouth wide, and all the demon smoke pours into his mouth. Sam holds up his hand and tries to make Famine smoke out of his body, but Famine says, I'm a horseman. I'm a horseman, Sam. <laughs> I'm a horseman, Sam. <laughs> Your power doesn't work on me. Sam says, you're right, but it will work on them. Sam holds his fist out and exercises the demons in Famine's stomach. It works. Look, just rips them straight out of them. Yeah, it was gross. It's kind of cool, though. <laughs> it was, yeah. Sam starts bleeding from the nose. Suddenly, Cass is free from his hunger. Dean is looking at Sam like, what the fuck? <laughs> So uh, we cut to Bobby's house, which, okay, I was kind of annoyed that we didn't see them, like, we didn't see Famine after that, like, what he looked like after those demons were exercised out of him. No, I wanted to see the carnage. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to see, like, what exactly he looked like or, like, you know, wanted to see them cut off his hand or his ring finger or something, but we just cut right to Bobby's house, so. Yeah, like, they just, like, it's just, like, I don't know, you would think that they would at least show them briefly like getting the ring but they might not have i mean if the souls getting ripped out of him destroyed him they might not have needed to do anything they just went over pulled the ring off his finger and you know yeah that's true that's totally got true. out of dodge you know yeah. <laughs> but so we cut to bobby's house cass and dean are standing outside the panic room sam is inside detoxing and yelling for dean dean is drinking Cass He's back says, to the detox box yep uh the detox box yeah <laughs> poor sammy uh <laughs> Cass says to Dean, that's not him in there. Not really. Dean says, I know. Cass says, Dean, Sam just has to get it out of his system. Then he'll be. Dean says, listen, I just, uh, I just need to get some air. So he goes outside with his bottle, but decides against taking a drink. He's almost crying. He looks up to the sky and says, please, I need some help, please. Then he cries and credits. He cannot handle Sammy suffering. Like, he just can't. Nope. There's no, yeah, he can't do it. I have thoughts. Okay. <laughs> so I would just like to say that Cupid is a third class cherub. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> like, I don't, just something about that really tickled me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, because I don't know, I guess I knew, like, I figured, I didn't figure he was the type of angel, right? Mm -hmm. like you know that they're like I guess you kind of know they're little like baby angels and diapers or whatever but like I didn't think angel necessarily right. even though kind of what I don't know it, cupids are weird <laughs> yeah but I love that they're naked I know right yeah. they don't, they're not incontinent so they don't <laughs> have to wear diapers <laughs> that's right <laughs> I think that's kind of what they implied yeah <laughs> Like, wait, what do you mean? They're not incontinent. They can hold it. So therefore, they're just running around naked all the time. It's That's fine. right. Yeah. Naked with their little wings and bits out. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and they're so huggy. I love it. I know. Like, that, 
That that was pretty good. The, the naked struggle cuddles, you know, that happened yeah. with all of them. It was just like, you're gonna love me and it's gonna be great. It's like I love when he was like to Sam, he's like, Well, look at you. And Sam was like, No. And they just no, like, no. Yes. <laughs> and hugged him. Please, no, no, no. And Dana's and Dana's like, Are we in a fight? Is this a fight? <laughs> like, do I need to fight? Like, I don't even I don't know what to do. Do I protect myself? Do I just like let it happen? Like, I don't yeah. know what to do. <laughs> Like, oh, also, okay, I really liked towards the beginning when Dean was, like, asking Sam to be his Valentine, and he, like, shoves this, like, nasty heart towards him, because Dean was in My Bloody Valentine. That's right. The remake, and so it's kind of like, here, will you be my bloody Valentine? Like, Yeah, I thought I like that was adorable. That and yeah. I don't think they had, let me double check, but I don't think they had, oh, yeah, they do. In the interesting facts, it says that he was in the movie, but, yeah, I just... It was a good tie-in. Um, and, like, okay, I wonder <laughs> I wonder how many of these burger things Misha had to eat. Oh, my God. Filming this I know. episode. Because he's I was not wa- just taking little bites, either. And I watched him. He was, like, swallowing at some points. Yeah, like... He- <laughs> <laughs> women we are not let's be real (laughs) we may look like it on the outside but on the inside we're about 12 (laughs) that's exactly right oh my god okay let's be real when i was 12 i wouldn't have known what any of that meant yeah probably i was a sheltered child (laughs) yeah but yeah i definitely was when i was 12 for sure yeah yeah like I don't know. It's just ridiculous, though. Like, because you know that, like, they probably had, like, a spit bucket or something for him for oh, the yeah. burger bits that he didn't want to eat. But, like, yeah, he, like, actually legitimately, like, ate some of it. Like, how mm-hmm. much did he have to eat? <laughs> I know. <laughs> this episode. But, because I know that we've talked about, or no, was it, or we didn't talk about, sorry, the, I know they've talked about I think maybe I don't remember if it was them and I was watching an interview with them or if it was at like a con or something or if it was like another actor but they're like oh how did this like scene go where you had to eat all these I know exactly what you're talking about it was Brianna who plays the sheriff Donna oh the donuts yeah the donuts she said mm-hmm. that they had a spit, spit bucket and Jensen mm-hmm. was such a gentleman that he always let her spit first yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so like, you know that they're going to have that, but then also, like, I don't know. So yeah, many he, probably, he probably swallowed a lot of it. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. So, another thought. Let's move on. Yeah, I know, right? I'm trying. <laughs> Dean needs to stop punching angels because it never works out for him and he just ends up with like hurt hands yeah. every time. Like it's it's not working, clearly. Like, Dean's got a real stick up his ass this whole episode. He kind of does. But also it's kind of like, okay, anybody would be a little perturbed if somebody that you didn't know just kind of like came in out of nowhere from behind and starts naked hugging you, you know? <laughs> yes. Yes, that's right. And like picks you up in the hug. Yeah, like full on, you're you're involved and there's no way you can get away with yeah. it. Get away from it. Yeah, like it, it's quite a thing. But also Twinkie binging sounds horrible. It sounds horrible, especially when you add in a toilet brush. I know. Right? Those things never need to be together, ever. <laughs> that's how you get pink eye. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> that is how you get pink eye, damn it. God. I still find it hilarious how like so like so traumatized you are by pink eye and you've never even had it. I, uh, yeah, it is a big fear of mine. A big ass fear. Yeah. Ugh. I had it a couple times as a kid, but it's kind of one of those things that like if somebody in the classroom has it, then like they touch everybody everything, everybody it. else gets it, you know? Yeah. Ugh. But yeah. Also, I ca- I thought it was kind of funny because, okay, most of the time when we're on the phone during the day, like, or I shouldn't say most of the time, but a lot of the times, like, when we've been on the phone during the day, you'll be, like, asking Killian what he wants for dinner or whatever, and it's like, you want a White Castle burger? Yeah. <laughs> so, when, we, when I was watching this episode, I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, it's Killian. I know. He loves his White, White Castle, Castle cheeseburgers. Yep. <laughs> yep. But... Yeah, so that that kind of that that was fun. But also, okay, the guy who played Famine was like super convincing, and it really creeped me out. <laughs> like, yeah, like he was him. a good actor. Yeah, yeah, like I mean, he was a great actor, but like he's just so like frail, but like totally dangerous and yeah, just gross. You know? <laughs> yeah, he was gross. Like, ooh. And then, yeah, he did a good job. He did a really good job. And I wonder, like, if it's an actor who's, like, actually fairly old or if they, like, made him did older. the makeup to make him look old, you know? I actually had that thought, too. I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell. I if it was just makeup, they did a great job. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Check I'm it sure out. I can. I'm going to look it up. Okay. okay. So this is season five, episode 14. 14. That's right. Supernatural. Cast. <clears throat> I love the way he was speaking too. Like I didn't mimic it yeah. because I can't do it. But he would go the from slow, like slow, like creepy, slow, creepy whispering to like yelling about being hungry and yeah, ugh, yeah, mm-hmm. super creepy. Okay, did you find him? Um, James Otis plays Famine. Oh come on! I don't want the app. It looks like he is very, he was born in 48. So okay. he's pretty old. He died. Oh, he died March 3rd of this year. Oh. He was 71. Wow. Okay. But yeah, he That's sad. Like the the pictures that are showing, he's he's not he doesn't look young, you know. Yeah. But yeah. Wow. So he was so he was born on March 16th and died on March 3rd. Like, he almost made it to a 72nd birthday. Yeah. Um, but. That makes me sad. Yeah. But, yeah, he did a really good job. Like, he he was a very convincing famine. Oh, yeah. Just kind of gross, mm-hmm. you know, scary guy. Um, but, yeah, so that, there's that. But, so, okay. <laughs> You know, and they said, like, you know, like, nothing can fill your soul or something like that. And then the food, like, filling the soul. I'm like, okay, when I really want a food item now, I'm going to say that my soul needs it. (laughs) (laughs) I know. it. Oh, my gosh. What food would you be hoovering if you were under famine's infection or whatever? What food would I be hoovering? I would be hoovering Um, pasta. I yeah. I am yeah. I don't know. Me and pasta have quite the love affair. I mean, yeah, I like all carbs. So like anything carb related is going to be great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I let's see. If I had to pick something 
to binge on that would be like I would actually want to binge and not feel like disgusted. I don't know. I think probably. You know, I would probably go for like sushi, especially like if it had raw salmon in it, because I love salmon. That's like my favorite fish easily. And like raw salmon is the best sort of sushi. Yeah. Um, Or I would go for some sort of like Asian noodle variety. Oh yeah. You know, like pad thai, you know, yakisoba. I mean, anything, you know, like (laughs) noodles and like, I just love Asian food. I think that's like very easily my favorite thing. Like just, I will just binge on Asian food and be a happy camper. (laughs) I could go for Indian food. I could see me eating Indian food to death. I could do that. Yeah. Yeah, I could, I could see that, but I think I would get sick of that before I would get sick of Asian food. Yeah. I think my number one though would be pasta and with Alfredo sauce. That is Mm -hmm. like too heavy. Oh no. I love it. I couldn't binge it. Like I love it. It's really good, but I couldn't binge it. I would be miserable. Mm -hmm. But I'm so hungry now. I know. Fuck. (laughs) I'm definitely making fried rice for dinner now. I've decided. (laughs) I had fried rice for lunch. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty pretty good. good. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really easy to make too. Yeah. Especially like I already have rice made. So you mm-hmm. just have to like throw it all. Yeah. Mix together. it all. Yeah. Now I really want some motherfucking pasta. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. You make me want some pasta too. <laughs> I know. Jeez. As <laughs> far as good. sweets go, there's not really any sweet that I like love. Yeah. No. Everybody's like, what's your favorite dessert? And I'm like, well, you know, like. <laughs> Yeah. Which is funny because I love to bake. Like, it's a lot of fun. And people, you know, like, I'm the person that's like, here, I'll bake you something to take to work or whatever with, you know, to just so I can bake, you know, and have an excuse to. But Mm -hmm. I don't usually feel the need to eat much of it. (laughs) What was it that you made that when, when I was pregnant and I came to your work? for a massage and you sent me home with something. I can't remember what it was. Well, there's a couple of different things. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of them was brownies. Yeah. And then the other one was cinnamon roll cake. I think it was a cinnamon roll cake. Like I was like, I'm going to eat this when I get home. And then I just sat in the car and like hoovered it in, <laughs> in, the, in your parking lot. <laughs> I mean, whatever. (laughs) Fat pregnant woman just like stuffing her face in the car. That was totally me. Yeah. That shit was good. It's really good. And it's great because you can like have it be like a brunch item, you know? So you can have it be like a breakfast food almost, but then you can also have it be because it's super dense. Like a pan of that is so heavy. Like if you drop that on somebody's foot, it would very easily break it. Oh my God. Yeah. so heavy but it yeah so it can be like a breakfast food or it can be like a dessert it, maybe just you know less of it you know mm-hmm. yeah 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 but yeah it's it's a good one the problem with that is like i do really like it but i've made it so many times now so many other people really like it and they like request it so i'll make it you know so if it's like somebody's birthday at work or whatever then i'll do that but i don't um yeah, I, I don't really eat it anymore yeah. just because I've had it so much, you know? Mm-hmm. So there's well, that. that shit was good. It, it's pretty good. Yeah. It, it's, and it's easy to make. For, well, I guess it takes a little while, but it's not that hard. 
you know, mm-hmm. like some baking is really difficult. Yeah. <laughs> Very precise, but yeah. So I don't know. Also, okay. My last thought, Dean is dead inside. I know. What's up with that? He's like that like, actually, I remember the first time I watched this episode being kind of shocked, you know? He's been so traumatized that he just like is, has turned off. Yeah, you know, I didn't like, realize I didn't realize that he was so far gone and like didn't believe that he was going to like make it through this whole Michael thing. Yeah. You know? Like he legitimately just kind of threw in the tail yeah like i'm done (laughs) yeah he thinks he's gonna lose that's what um famine said that he thinks he's gonna lose yeah Mm -hmm. which is sad it's incredibly sad yeah like you're badass like he's just going through the motions for sammy's sake i feel like he's doing it because he knows it's what he has to do but he like has totally checked out of like any sort of like he's not tied into any of it you Mm -hmm. know yeah but yeah I don't know. He does it because he knows it's the right thing to do, but at this point, he just doesn't care anymore, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not that he doesn't care, but I don't know. It's a weird, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's checked out. He's done. <laughs> He's done. He's dead inside. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so what was your favorite moment from this episode? You're going to hate this. <laughs> Why? Because it's, I don't know why it's my favorite moment, but I love that couple at the beginning of the episode. When they're eating each other? Yeah, I just love them so much. Ew. (laughs) (laughs) That is what I remembered from this episode because they're just so cute about it. (laughs) What? (laughs) Well, they were just so like, like starved for, you know, affection, you know, and they were just really like cute and sweet together. I just really liked them. <laughs> okay, you had a different takeaway from that than I did. <laughs> they were. They were adorable together. Even when they were eating each other, they were so into each other. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> I liked it. I really liked it. I thought it was great. I even liked that last little scene you get of them where you don't even see their bodies anymore, but there's like blood splatter up on the refrigerator. I just loved it. I loved the whole damn thing. It was there's great. There's something wrong with you. <laughs> <laughs> That was so sketchy. I didn't like that. I liked it. I liked it a lot. I thought it was a great scene. Ew. (laughs) What was your favorite moment? Okay. So my favorite, I have two favorite moments. One of them is when Dean like pushes the heart over to Sam and is like, will you be my Valentine? (laughs) Yeah, that was awesome. And then the other one is when the naked struggle cuddling is happening and (laughs) Sam or Dean's like, I don't like it. And Cass is like, no one likes it. You know? like, <laughs> yeah, just both like, <laughs> Rose, make it stop. <laughs> yep, yep. That was but, pretty good. Yeah. Those are, this is a funny episode. Like, that's pretty funny. Even though there's like gross things that happen in it, it's still pretty funny. Yeah. So. Yeah. I felt like Cass was a lot of the humor in here. Yeah. Just the, I mean, and especially like at the, first episodes that Cass is in, like, he is the the comedy, you know? Right, yeah. <laughs> like, he's just so out there sometimes that you're kind of like, okay, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it's, it's fun. Um, 
the interesting facts from this episode. Um, it says Sam and Dean used the nick or used the names Cliff and Marley after Jimmy Cliff and Bob Marley. Um, Jensen Ackles also starred in a movie with the same name as the episode title, uh, which is My Bloody Valentine from 2009. We watched that, didn't we? We did. You had me watch that. Okay. It was a decent movie, and Jensen plays a good psycho. Oh, yeah. However, <laughs> what is up with all the naked girls running around at the beginning? <laughs> I think there was just one naked girl. Or I guess it was just the one, yeah. But it's like there's this whole, like long scene of just this like naked girl running around and doing yeah. it just like really <laughs> okay. yeah yeah I that was that was a little point I mean I think if I remember correctly that scene was a little bit comical because she was naked yeah but um but she was naked and you see everything and I yeah. just didn't I didn't also, need just kind of awkward you know yeah. like ugh, I don't like, I don't even want to see myself naked running around. Why would I want to see anybody else naked running around? <laughs> Boy, girl, anybody. I don't want to see yeah. it. You know? Yeah. Like, uh, whatever. Yeah, it was kind of like pointless vagina. but <laughs> Kind of, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but all in all, I do really like that movie. Yeah, it was a good movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I-, I liked Jensen's role in it for sure. Oh, yeah. Um. It says, just before Dean hits him, the Cupid is singing the same song Alistair was singing as Dean was getting ready to torture him in season four, episode 16, On the Head of a Pin, um, which is Cheek to Cheek by Irving Berlin. Oh, I didn't realize it was the same song. Okay. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, I wouldn't have recognized the song anyway, so. Yeah, I could see maybe that was part of the reason Dean decided to punch him, you know? Possible. Well, I mean, it's not like he's going to have a random song playing in the background. True. Or though, well, I guess he is, the Cupid is singing the song. It's not like it's like an added, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, maybe. Could be. Possible. (laughs) Um, It says James Otis's costume in this episode of Supernatural, which is the guy who plays Famine, Mm -hmm. um, was the same on an episode of The X-Files, season 8, episode 19, Alone, which aired in 2001. So was he in X-Files then? Is that what they're saying? I don't know. That was kind of a weird, a weird statement. Yeah, his costume in this episode of Supernatural was the same on an episode of The X-Files. So he must have been in X-Files. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Like, everyone's on X-Files. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it says the car famine gets around in is black because the horse that he rode in on was black. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so this is, I, I was telling you that there's going to be one that you, you're not get really going to like. Um, okay. <laughs> it says because Misha Collins is vegan, the raw meat quote unquote that Castiel is devouring in the diner with famine was made specially for him. Instead of actual cooked meat made to look raw, it was what Misha describes as disgusting concoction of soy, ketchup, and tomato sauce, among other things. Oh, gross. It's like unidentified goop. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's better than raw meat. I mean, for sure. Like, yeah. you, they wouldn't make them eat oh, raw no, meat anyways, of but... Of course you know. it really looked. It really looked like raw meat. Yeah. I mean, usually you would think that they would do some sort of, like, gelatin concoction, maybe, yeah. because of, you know, they don't want to do the meat thing. But if he's vegan, then a yeah. lot of gelatin isn't vegan. I didn't so, know he was vegan. I don't know. I've never, like... I I have a hard time believing that with his cookbook and all that sort of stuff. Maybe he just doesn't eat it. Maybe his kids eat it and everybody else does and he doesn't. 
Yeah. I'm trying to think because I have that cookbook and I'm not sure if there is any meat in it because that cookbook is all about getting your kids to eat healthy food, like different kinds of vegetables and fruits to try new things. Yeah. So I don't know if there is any meat in it. I'll take a look at it tonight and get back to you. Yeah. That's interesting. Like, I don't know. I just feel like I've seen pictures of, you know, when they were promoting it, when it was first out or first released or whatever, like, I didn't make the connection that there was like, it it didn't, it wasn't said at least that I recognized that it was like vegan or vegetarian or anything. It was just like, here's ways to get your kids to eat food, you know? Right. Yeah. It's about like getting your kids to try new healthy foods. So specifically fruits and veggies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So maybe. Yeah. I'll have to look at it and see. You'll have to tell me. (laughs) Yeah, I will. Um, So it says the body count in this episode is 21. Um, Famine is not technically killed. So famine is not included in that. Um, And then it says when Sam and Dean open the briefcase, the soul glows. Um, This may be a reference to a similar scene in Pulp Fiction from 1994. Um, Most people theorize that the glowing object in that briefcase, what is uh, Marcellus Wallace's soul. What a name, Marcellus Wallace. Yeah. Say that 10 times fast. (laughs) Right. But yeah so have you seen that movie i feel like mm, have i seen that movie you would remember it if you had i'm I'm sure of it give me like a general like what happens in it have you seen it Yeah, yeah i saw it like back in 94 so i don't really remember too much of it except um it's uma thurman and um Nope. I can't explain it. Too much happens. <laughs> Too much. Yeah. Some really disturbing shit happens and some, it's a weird ass movie. I feel like somebody. It's a good movie, but it wasn't a movie that I felt I needed to watch again. I feel like for some reason, somebody made me watch the movie and I wasn't super like from the description, I wasn't super into it. And I don't mm-hmm. know, I honestly don't even remember what the description, like, I don't remember anything about it, but I think somebody did, like, make me watch it, quote unquote, at one point, and mm-hmm. I never really got interested in it, or I wasn't paying attention, or, oh, you know what I think happened? Huh. It might have been, so, one of my friends, um, in high school, uh, his house was kind of the house that people would go over to and just like, ha- you know, hang out at is like, just go over whenever you want, you know? Um, and I think maybe if I'm thinking of the same movie, maybe they were watching it and I came over and it was already like part of the way through it, or it's like still in the beginning, but like not the beginning, beginning. So yeah. I kind of like, it was playing in the background, but I just kind of like checked out of it because. Yeah, that makes sense. I didn't, you know, so it's possible that I've seen bits and pieces of it. Like if I were to watch it, I might be like, oh, that looks familiar. Or, that looks familiar or whatever. But like, mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you one single thing about it. <laughs> yeah. So if I remember, it's this guy is like hired to watch this guy's wife to not to kind of like keep an eye on her or something. I got, I can't remember. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Is it the one where, okay. 
I could be totally thinking of the wrong movie, but is it the one, it's like John Travolta, I think, yes. plays? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. so I've seen, I have, th- that is the movie that I was thinking of. Some, I think it, I don't remember where I saw it, but it was definitely like, I saw bits and pieces of it. Mm-hmm. And I just was like, what is even happening, you know? <laughs> because I yeah. didn't start it at the beginning, so. Uh-huh. I yeah. have seen bits, but I don't, yeah, I've seen bits. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I have seen bits and pieces of it, but I don't yeah. remember a thing. Yeah, I should probably just rewatch it. Yeah, I just, I don't know. It's kind of one of those because I couldn't like get into it the first time. Like, I don't think I could watch it because it was just like this. I think, I think the, the reason why I didn't want to watch it again is there's like a, a rape scene in it. Yeah, I don't even where, know. Where a guy gets raped. And it's, it, it upset me. It upset yeah. me when in 94 or whenever, when I was like 12. Yeah. When it came out. So yeah. 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 yeah I don't know. <laughs> the rest of the movie I remember enjoying. It's very quirky. Yeah. Um, but that, that scene, you know, I don't do well with those kinds of scenes. So. Yeah. I definitely nothing. Yeah, I don't really remember anything other than I remember them, like, driving in the car, and she, like, ODs on something, and they have to, like, go get her help. Yeah, and they, like, stab her in the heart with a needle. Yeah, that's all I remember. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, me too. And then they were in a diner, I think, at one point. Yes, there's a diner scene. Yeah. That's all I Oh, well. Anyway. (laughs) Anyways. We just talked a lot about a movie we don't know anything about. I know, right? (laughs) sometimes that's just what happens (laughs) um so our research for this week is off of mythology.net it's on cupid because you know as you do Mm -hmm. um so oops let me scroll here so it says the origin is rome and the role is the god of desire love attraction and affection um it says who is cupid it says cupid which means desire in latin was uh, the god of desire, affection, and erotic love in Roman mythology. Um, Ooh. I know, not just love, erotic love. <laughs> erotic love. I like it. I know, right? Yeah. Um, he was usually portrayed as the son of Venus, but his father was never clearly identified. Um, he's considered to be the Roman counterpart of the Greek god Eros. Eros? Eros? I'm going to go with Eros. Eros. Yeah. Um, his purpose, it says, Cupid was very popular during the Middle Ages. Um, Christian influence changed his nature to both heavenly and earthly love. Um, during the Renaissance, a new interest in classical philosophy gave him complex allegorical meanings. Uh, today, Cupid is a recognizable figure um, who inspires romantic love. You're sure to spot a representation of Cupid uh, during the days leading up to Valentine's Day. Throughout the years, Cupid has served as an inspiration for the strongest of all human emotion. It says, origins. Um, In Greek mythology, Eros um, was originally depicted as a slender boy with wings, Um, but during the Hellenistic period, he began to be portrayed as a chubby child. (laughs) What a, like, what a weird demotion. Yeah, for real. (laughs) Um, Not that there's anything wrong with chubby children. Like, chubby children are super cute, but, like, to be portrayed as this, like, you know, athletic, you know thing and then all of a sudden you're this little fat baby over there yeah you know what (laughs) I wonder how that happened I know right yeah um it says it was at this time that he acquired the bow and arrow that remains such a strong symbol today it was said that anyone who was shot by one of Cupid's arrows either mortal or a deity would be filled with uncontrollable desire 
the Roman mm-hmm. version of the god of desire retained those characteristics, which gives us the Cupid that we all know today. Um, it says all of Cupid's myths revolve around love in some form. While most gods truly represent what they reign over, there is not many who do so as well as Cupid. Um, it says Cupid's arrows are a well-recognized symbol of the god, but did you know he has two different types? According to legend, Cupid's golden arrow stood for true love, while his leaden arrow stood for sensual passion. Uh, this explains why Cupid was associated with many different types of love, including romantic and erotic. Um, it says... One of the more fun myths about Cupid tells the story of his youth. His mother, Venus, was upset that her son would not grow. (laughs) She complained to Themis? 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 I don't know. I don't know. A titan. Um, And told her about her concerns regarding her Cupid. Um, Themis? Themis? Femur? (laughs) It's T-H-E-M-I-S. I would go with Themis. Themis? Okay, we're going to go with it. Themis said that he wouldn't grow because he was an only child. If he had, if he only, oh wait, if only he had a brother, he might grow. So Venus gave Cupid a brother named Anteros. Um, as time went on, Cupid began to grow quickly. He grew taller and stronger into the man that he was meant to be. So this is Cupid and Psyche. 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 Psyche, which is his, like, wife or something like that. Lady love, yeah. Yeah. Um, so it says Cupid himself did fall in love. There was a king with three beautiful daughters, but one was the most beautiful. She was the youngest and her name was Psyche. In fact, she was so beautiful that many began to consider her the epitome of love and beauty rather than Venus. Uh, Venus became jealous and asked Cupid to take action. She told him to shoot Psyche with an arrow and make her fall in love with a monster. Cupid agreed, but when he set out to complete his mother's wishes, he realized just how beautiful Psyche was. (laughs) He became flustered and dropped the arrow he was going to shoot at her. The arrow fell to the ground, but not before it pricked Cupid's foot. Um, He instantly fell in love with Psyche. A bit of time went by, and Psyche's parents began to become concerned that no one had asked for their daughter's hand in marriage yet, despite how beautiful she was. They visited an oracle who told them that their daughter was destined to marry a monster. They were there, er, um, They were then to take her to the top of a mountain and let fate take its course. They did as the oracle said and left their daughter alone on top of a mountain, believing they would never see her again. Okay, shitty parents. I know. Well, let me just. You're drop not going to you get off married off, so we'll leave you on a mountain somewhere. <laughs> I know. God. What the fuck? Uh, assholes. <laughs> I know. I mean, wide open spaces, though, I guess, to have your own thing going. I don't know, whatever. I don't know. I just <laughs> don't. I think, that, I think that's bad parenting. Oh, yeah. I totally think it's bad parenting, but also yeah. at the same time, like, well, I mean, I guess you get your own space, you know? <laughs> I guess, yeah. <laughs> um, it said Psyche waited for a monster to approach her, but instead the west wind lifted her up and carried her to a palace. Voices whispered in her ear, telling it her it was all hers. The palace was beautiful and had everything Psyche had ever asked for. She was waited on day and night by invisible servants. She ate magnificent food and was always entertained. Um, after her parents consulted the oracle and were told that she was destined to marry a monster and they were to take her to the top of a mountain and leave her there, <laughs> the west wind took her and wafted her away to a palace where she was waited on by the servants. Um, and that night, her new husband visited her in her room, which is... Cupid. Um, He told her that he would only visit at night and she must never look at him. Psyche was surprised that he was um, kind and gentle. She listened to his wishes and never gazed upon him. Her life seemed perfect from the outside, but she still felt homesick and lonely. 
She asked her husband if her sisters could come and visit, and she er, and he agreed to her request. Uh, when her older sisters saw the magnificent palace and heard about how sweet Psyche's husband was, they became jealous and convinced their sister that she must look at him. Uh, she said that he, or they said he was a monster who was only taking so good of care of her because he would eventually eat her. <laughs> oh my uh, god! Her only chance to say to stay safe was to kill him. Okay, uh, so all the way around, she's got a crappy family. No freaking kidding! Jeez. Toxic on all levels. <laughs> yeah. God. <laughs> Well, you're happy, so kill him. You know? Exactly. <laughs> like, what the heck? Um, it says, that night, Psyche grabbed a candle and a knife. Um, for the first time, she gazed upon her husband, expecting to see a monster. Um, but instead, she saw Cupid and was instantly taken aback by how handsome he was. She accidentally spilled a bit of wax on Cupid's shoulder, make, uh, waking him up. Um, Cupid was furious. He immediately left the room and disappeared in a puff of smoke. Before he left, he told Psyche that she would never see him again. The palace disappeared and Psyche was left alone and in the dark. She went back to her sisters and told them what happened. The sisters pretended to console Psyche, but then headed up to the mountains themselves, hoping they would take her place. But when they saw the palace was gone, they jumped off the mountain and fell to their deaths. Wow. Well, little manipulators. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, we messed up. Like, well, no kidding. <laughs> yeah. God. But... Um, it says Psyche looked everywhere for her husband. Um, when she couldn't find him, she went to Venus and asked for uh, her for her help. Uh, Venus was still angry and jealous of Psyche, so she set up several impossible tasks for Psyche to complete in order to earn Venus's help. Um, everybody toxic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Poor says, girl. Yeah, for real. It says uh, Cupid learned of uh, what his mother was doing and asked Jupiter to put a stop to it. This is where different variations of the myth disagree. Some say that Cupid and Psyche were officially married at this point, while others say that they were never married. Either way, Cupid and Psyche found true love with each other. Um, it is said that Cupid's father was Mars, even though there is very little evidence to support this. Um, his mother was Venus. Um, some variations of the myth say he was married, while others say that Psyche was only his lover, lover and together they had a daughter named Voluptuous. Oh my god. <laughs> Voluptuous? Oh no. Voluptuous? Voluptuous? Nope. It's V O L U P T U S. Voluptuous? Voluptuous? Either way. Voluptuous? It's a terrible name. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, aptly named for the daughter of, you know, love. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So. That's hilarious. you know (laughs) it could be worse i guess i guess (laughs) um it says for appearance uh most artistic representations of cupid show him as a chubby uh and winged young boy he is sometimes throwing darts or catching a butterfly um he is usually shown with his mother uh there are very few representations of him as an adult but we all know he was quite handsome (laughs) yeah um it says Cupid's symbols include his famous bow and arrow. Uh, the lyre is also a symbol of his playfulness. Uh, because he is the god of desire and has permanent links to love and pop culture, other symbols include roses and doves. Okay. So, yeah, like, what a, what a crappy love. I don't even know what to call it. Like, it wasn't really a fair, like, yeah. but it, yeah love story didn't turn out (laughs) 
I mean, it sounds like they had a happy ending. I mean, yeah, to be fair. So there's that. So there's that. But but it like, doesn't say why he didn't want her to look at her. I've, I've heard that that story before, and I feel like it, there's a reason why he didn't want her to look at him. I would guess that it's because he wasn't supposed, like, it was an accident that he fell in love with her, and he wasn't supposed to. And yeah. so he's like, you can't know who I am, because that'll mess everything up you know yeah because <laughs> people will find out and then it'll be all because i mean if he was to just say if he weren't to care about that then he she would i would assume like tell her family and tell people and yeah that then, makes sense uh mommy dearest would find out and get pissed <laughs> yeah yeah you're right so I mean, I would assume that that that's kind of like what it sounded like to me is because it's like he was afraid of getting in trouble. You know? <laughs> yeah. Okay. The old mother dearest is going to tan as a hide. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So um, <laughs> we have our Idget and Aspet moment from this week and it is another joint one because this happened to both of us. <laughs> yes, it did. Um, so this was after the convention on our, so let's just start at the beginning here. Okay. So we get to the airport, right? We check in, they're like, Oh, this is your flight. Blah, 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 blah. They take our bags and they're like, we'll get this on the flight. And because it was a flight, it was, it wasn't a nonstop flight, but we were staying on the same airplane. So it yeah, was it was like making land. a stop, but we weren't getting off. Yeah. It was going to land. Some people were going to get off. Other people were going to get on and then we were going to keep going. So we would never have even like gotten out of our seats necessarily. Yeah. Um, so we're sitting there killing time in the airport, right? Because we got there like fairly early. Super early, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> um, and so we're, you know, just wandering around. We got some food, whatever. And we go and they're loading our airplane, right? And so we get mm -hmm. to the gate and they go to scan the tickets and the tickets don't work. Right. Like they're beeping and they're like, I don't know, something's not right, you know? And then eventually they figure out it's because they changed our flights without telling us and we were trying to get onto the wrong airplane <laughs> right and, and the so, other airplane that we were supposed to get on was like boarding wasn't yeah, it yeah they're like it's leaving in 15 minutes you need to go now and yeah. also here like go over to this person first go get your new tickets and then book it over to the next airplane and we're like what the heck and they're like oh by the way there's gonna be a layover that's not very long so you have to like go from that airplane get off go get to the other one to get your flight to Seattle. Right. And we're like, are you joking? You know? Yeah. It was a super short layover. Yeah. Yeah. I think like by the time that we act, like, I think it was like a half an hour or something, wasn't it? Like not yeah. very long. Um, which I mean, we made it in time, but it was yeah, definitely it was like, fine. let's go. But I was still <laughs> like, do I have time to pee? You yeah. Know? Like, yeah. Do we have to pee on the airplane or can we pee, you know, like here at the airport? Um, but yeah. And so that, that was the whole thing. So we finally, like, we get onto the second airplane and then we get home and it's like an hour later than what we were planning on originally because mm -hmm. there was a layover and whatever, you know, and it was like going to different places than the original plane was going to. So they both started in Vegas and we're going to end up in Seattle. But the reason that they changed the flight from the first one that we were going to be on is because I think it was stopping in like Oakland or something like that. And mm -hmm. they said that it needed some sort of maintenance. And so it wasn't like it could make it to Oakland, but it wasn't going to go further than that. So like everybody was going to get rerouted. Right. Which, okay. 
whatever, fine. Mm -hmm. And so we get, we finally get to Seattle and like, we're going through the baggage area and there's like two or three suitcases in the thing. And so we're like, oh, are like, they just starting? Cause we had like just gotten off the plane. Right. And we're like, are they just starting to unload everything or like, is this it, you know, like, because our bags aren't here. And so we had to go to the, um, the desk, the Southwest desk or whatever. And we're like, okay, you know, like our bags are gone, you know, (laughs) where, what, you know, like what's going on? I don't understand what's happening here. And so they're like, oh, well, you know, apparently, cause they had told us that our bags hadn't even been put on the original flight that they had been put on a new flight because it had been so long since they changed the tickets or whatever, but they, they just didn't tell us. Right. So they're like, oh, but your bags are, you know, going to be there. It's, it'll be fine. And we're like, okay. You know, cause they already had that in the system or something. I don't know. So we're like, where are our bags? And they're like, oh, well they're on the first flight. And we're like, (laughs) we asked about this, you know, and they're like, well, you know, we can, um, deliver them to you tonight once they get in, because the, I don't think the airplane was getting into like what 11 or something like that. Yeah. Like yeah, it was pretty late. We got there at like nine something, nine thirty, I want to say. And mm-hmm. like the new, the plane that we were originally supposed to be on, which did end up going to Seattle after all. Yeah. Um, that was weird. Which was stupid, but I mean, okay. I'd rather like not have to sit on a plane for two hours while they do maintenance. You know, yeah, that's <laughs> like, true. That's so, totally true fine but then we still had to sit there in the airport for two hours waiting for our bags because they're like well we can deliver it to you and so I'm like okay great like they can deliver it tonight because like I have work tomorrow and I got stuff in there that I need for work and they're like oh yeah and so I'm giving them my address and they're like oh we don't deliver that far away from the airport it's like ugh, okay really you know (laughs) so we had to sit there in the wait there in the airport waiting for our luggage to get there and eventually it came through but like we're just we had to sit there, there for hours and it was late and Killian was there uh-huh and we yeah. were tired after the weekend oh yeah and I had to work like because when did we get back we got back on like a Monday right I think it was a Monday yeah yeah and I had to work the next morning at like 11 or something like that which you know not bad but when I'm not getting home then until like two o'clock in the morning right yeah <laughs> it's like you know? yeah. so that was the whole thing so Southwest kind of did us dirty that way but they did give us these like voucher things I guess oh yeah for, they, you know, yeah they did that was really for, nice of them they mm-hmm. said it was going to be like a hundred dollar voucher and they ended up giving us two hundred dollar vouchers I yeah think. so that so, was really nice you know, we can go anywhere. So potentially next year for our flights for Vegas, <laughs> we've already got our flights paid for. So there's that. Yeah. Which is real. nice. Yeah. But yeah. So we'll have to, we'll have to see what happens with that. And if they, yeah. I think the Vegas con for next year is in February, right? Yeah, it is. So we'll have to see if that actually happens depending on what this whole virus thing does. Yeah. I just oh. want to add that it turns out I am a nervous flyer. <laughs> I, yeah. I didn't used to be. I've, I've flown a million times and I started flying when I was a little kid. So like I was never nervous. I always loved turbulence because it made it more interesting. Now mm-hmm. I can't handle it at all. I can't handle takeoff. <laughs> I can't handle landing. I can't handle any little bit of turbulence. And so I was there like freaking out 
trying to be quiet about it. And Rochelle's like, you can hold my hand if you want. And I was like, that's okay. Okay, just kidding. Yeah, let's hold hands. And so anytime there was... Yeah, I remember I was like, you can hold my hand if you want to during the takeoff. And you're like, I think I'll be fine. And then like the second the plane starts moving, you're like, I can't, I lied. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, hold my hand. (laughs) So anytime there was even a little bit of turbulence, I like grabbed her hand and she she was so lovely about it. So thank you. We held hands for most of it. (laughs) For most of the flights, we held hands. Yeah, it was great. And it actually helped quite a bit. So thank you. (laughs) I don't mind. Listen, I don't care. Like (laughs) holding hands whatever. Yeah. I don't care. Well, it helped. It helped tremendously. I was surprised by how much it helped. So I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad thank I can you. be of assistance. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so funny because my mom's also a really nervous flyer. So she does it, like, she does the same thing. Like as we're taking off and landing, she's literally like death, like vice gripping your arm or your hand or something, you know? Yeah. Like, and so you're literally like having to like, like she'll usually like grab your arm. Like, mm-hmm. and so you have to like clench your arm muscles. <laughs> she can't oh my God. Too much. <laughs> That's so funny. And, and, yeah. And so it, it's quite the thing. And then every time there's turbulence, she'll just like grab you, you know? <laughs> yeah. I do that to Eric when there's turbulence now. I like grip his leg and I'm just like, and I have like, I'm like grinding my teeth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, I can handle this. I can handle this. I can't yeah. handle this. Uh, we're dying. I'm used to flying with nervous flyers. Okay. Well, I'm glad. It's always a little weird when I don't fly with a nervous flyer, you know, like, cause it's happened that I fly with nervous flyers more often than not, you know, like yeah. I can count on like maybe one hand the amount of times I've flown <laughs> without somebody that's nervous to fly. <laughs> yeah. And it's always kind of like, oh, this is oddly calm. I feel like I should be doing something right now. Why am I not doing anything? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's kind of fun. I like yeah. flying. Takeoff and landing is fun. Granted, I mean, who knows? Maybe I won't always be like that, but yeah, I just can't handle it. I can't handle it. Nope. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. You can email us at idgitsandaspetspodcast at gmail.com. The word and is filled out. Or visit our Facebook page, Idgits and Aspects, a supernatural podcast. You can also find us on Instagram at Idgits and Aspects Podcast. Thanks again. Thank you.